Welcome, folks. Welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is Anthony and Mushu. You didn't even try to jump that time. I usually, usually you do. You always try to jump me. I saw you go to the microphone quickly, but you missed. So uh, what we have tonight is part of the series that we're doing every Thursday, which is bringing people uh, interviews. And we have some interesting people tonight. Uh, they're Ojibwe. And it's going to be a very interesting discussion. I think you're going to like it a lot. But first, we got to get the preliminaries out. What do we have? We have the Patreon. Mm -hmm. You want to explain the Patreon, Anthony? If you like what we do and you want to and you want to uh, support us, uh, Patreon is a good way to do that. You can find our Patreon at Patreon.com/prtpodcast, and uh, we got five different tiers there, ranging from ten dollars a month to fifty dollars a month. Y you can just pick whatever works for you. Whatever works for you works for us, and. Uh, regardless of what tier you sign up for, we will send you a uh, one-time gift of what we call a PRT swag bag with all kind of goodies in there. We'll, we'll get you a shirt. We'll get you some autographed books. Uh, Depending on the tier, you get different stuff. Yeah, yeah. The higher tier, the higher tier you sign up for, the the more loaded your swag bag is going to be. And if you want my books autographed, fifty dollars tier, that's an automatic. Forty dollars tier, we give you one of them. Fifty dollars tier, we give you both of them. And but you'll always get an autographed book from one of many different authors. Here's what I'm going to say. If you want to support the show, that's a good way to do it. I would say that would probably be the best way. Um, we do. We are live on YouTube every Friday fri night and Sunday night. Friday night and Sunday night. Friday night, we have a guest every Friday night. Mm -hmm. And then every Sunday, we retell people's stories. Uh, kind of doing it backwards this this past week because of the, the we had a, a guest that couldn't make yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, that's what we do every Friday and every Sunday. And um, we're, we're going to continue to do that into perpetuity. And another thing, too, we're going to be on Tuesday. We retell people's stories for an hour long on the podcast. Everybody knows that. Uh, that's a slot we've always had. And then we're going to do it again uh, on Thursday. We're going to have another podcast, which is what we're doing right here. But it's also on YouTube. But the Friday uh, YouTube live is an exclusive on YouTube. You don't get it anywhere else. And on, don't miss Sundays and Fridays because we have a guest and we re retell their, they retell their stories or encounters. And Sunday, uh, I retell people's encounters. Here's the thing. If you need to get a hold of me, it's Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. But you can also message me on Messenger for friends on Facebook. Because of the things that have been going on lately, we aren't accepting friend requests right now, at least temporarily. And we're not doing giveaways unless you're a Patreon member. So that's unfortunate that that has to be the way it is, but there's people in this field who want to just mess with people and make things hard. So hope and pray that that all just clears up eventually and we can get these people away from us and <laughs> just do what we do. Um, but we're going to keep doing what we do, even though they're just a nuisance. So I'm going to introduce my, my uh, guests. Do you want to say hi, guests? Hi, how you doing? And tell them who, tell them who you guys are. This is uh, Craig Breen. I'm from um, Belcourt, Belcourt, North Dakota, um, Jibbeway, India. I'm Jennifer Breen. I'm his wife. Um, I am also Ojibwe. And you guys, so in case people don't know uh, what that is, like explain a little bit about your heritage, your culture, what it is. So we're Native Americans from um, North Central America. Our tribe originates from Northern Canada. And um, through um, 
I guess, the government making reservations. We have come down from northern Canada, and we are in the northern part of North Dakota, in the central part of North Dakota, um, where our people now are basically based. I mean, there's multiple parts of northern America where we're from, but this is we're from the Journal Mountain Indian Reservation. Yeah, it's a big, big area, yes. Now, Craig, you've talked to me off and on over the last few months about some of your experiences, and we've been trying to set up time to record, and it's just been really hard for both of us to get together. Uh, So let's start with like just the beginning, like like let's just go the full paranormal. Like what 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 has happened to you in your lives, either one of you, like that you want to talk about, starting from when you were young. Not sure if uh, any of the other things I've seen when I was younger. Uh, would be paranormal or, or anything, but my first encounter was in 2003. Um, I was working as a maintenance worker at Twin Oaks in uh, Lake Metagoshi. It's a uh, resort, and um, it's uh, around. It was around July 3rd, just before July 4th, where we were going to have a lot of people there, and. Um, just before, 15 minutes before 7 o'clock, or, uh, yeah, 7 o'clock, I had to be there at work. I was driving in, and I noticed uh, two deer, like, just running uh, for their lives out of, out, of the, out of the park, which, you know, it was nice to see deer, but uh, they usually don't run through the park. Nobody shoots at them. It's... Uh, they're tame. You know, a lot of the deer in that area just like walk around and people just uh, are used to it. Um, the next thing I seen was uh, this kid I see every morning. He's running in on this path. Uh, he's in his uh, school uniform. Like, you know, he's, he must be still training uh, in, the, in the summer. And uh, I waved at him. Uh, next thing, I had my windows down a little, like halfway down each side, and uh, it was a nice, really nice summer morning. I heard uh, what what I thought was like dogs, uh, males, when they run across the pave. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that, but it's like you could oh, yeah. definitely hear. You could definitely hear it's like four like that and uh, immediately I, I turned from waving at the kid and thought I was going to hit a dog like maybe his dog following him and there was this huge uh, what I would call like a bear wolf is what I what I thought it would look like with the head of, of a wolf and the body of a bear and uh but the, the front, I'd say paws were not really paws. They were like like hands with claws. And uh, jet black, uh, silver back, all the way from its head, all the way down to its tail. And the eyes are off. It was like maybe six feet, like six feet in front of me because I hit the brakes really hard. 
else I would hit something at. Uh, about six feet in front of me, it uh, just like stopped and just like thought I was trying to fight with it. Like, I don't know if it seen a car before or what happened, but when I did stop, it it uh, let out this like growl that turned into a roar that like uh, it shook my whole car. Oh. It it was like a like a deep bass, you know. That was like I felt through my whole body. It was just like like right in front of me. Um, I got to see like you know, you could see the inside of its mouth. And just before it tried to swipe at my car, when it moved towards me, I I hit reverse and backed off like fifteen feet from it. So I was about the area where that kid was. And um, then just looked at me and took off onto the path where the kid was. So I uh, pulled my window down and I hollered as loud as I could uh, to run. Now you better run, I told the kid. Which he was already jogging, so it was kind of stupid because all he did is like flip me off. And kept running. And he just kept running. And I was like, oh, man, this kid takes a f***ing with the... F so, I don't know. Uh, this thing looked, turned and looked at me when I hollered. Like, um, what the hell? Like I, I, like, I was trying to holler at it. And just, like, gave me the look like, okay, uh, I'll get you back. You know, or something like that. But it dipped into the brush. And I'm assuming it took off after the deer. So <clears throat> that was it. After that, uh, I, it looked like the werewolf from American Werewolf in London. That's a hideous werewolf right there. Yeah. Uh, is this your uh, first encounter? Yes. Have you like after 2003? Uh, I uh, I stopped working in that area. And I started, uh, my, my friends were park rangers, actually. And I, I, me and them started looking for this thing. And it did leave tracks. And as I found out through the years, it's because it uses the trees. And it uses uh, rabbit holes, as I call them, um, underground tunnels, things like that, to travel long distances without being seen. And, um, I had looked for them for, I'd say, 10 years. I'd looked for that thing. I thought it, there was only one. You know, you, the government tells you they're not real. So I thought, holy shit, there's one. I've seen one, the only one. But there, there's a lot of them. After 10 years of looking, and uh, actually, uh, I'm, it's kind of crazy to say this, bringing my friends out. And my friends thought we were hunting. They thought we were looking for deer. And I was looking for this. I was looking for this thing that I've seen. And they didn't believe me, you know? So it didn't matter if I told anybody. I, I just kept it to myself. But, yeah, uh, then when I stopped looking for them, I moved to the area closer to my sighting. 
we start seeing them again. Did you guys see them? Like, like were there stories about these on the reservation? Did the res, did they ever talk about these things? Or Yeah, they actually have a radio program um, during Lent, uh, Catholic Lent, and it's called Raghu Stories. And a lot of the elders uh, tell their stories, and and everybody thinks it's um, just you know just scary stories. Nobody believes them. But uh, you know, after I start telling my encounter um, to you know certain people, other people start coming forward and telling me what they've seen, and it was the same thing. You know, and what they did is got the hell out of um, got out of there, and. Yeah, they did. They didn't stick around to to investigate these things. But I'd say the next encounter we had was when we start dating. And uh, like I said, we were out driving, um, COVID area, uh, uh, COVID era. We couldn't go into any bars, anything. So you know, we just drove, and back roads were where you could drive and not get stopped by the police. So, while we're driving this dirt road, I see this thing coming out of the cattails, jet black, with the ears, long ears, like tapered back, like like it was trying to sneak up from the ditch. And uh, I pointed at it, and I was like, "What is that?" You know, and it seen me, it seen me do that. Uh, so I was like. I didn't realize after that something picked us up and pulled us back about six when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply feet the whole car the whole back of the car and we just looked at each other like what's going on here man you know uh, it was the weirdest thing then we had two slashed flat tires uh in the back uh, like this thing was waiting for us to get out and uh, go try to change our tires because when i got out i heard something in the bush and I, I told her, just keep driving. There's something out there. Uh, whatever picked us up is waiting for us in the cattails over there to get out of our car. So I called um, a friend, and she came and gave us a ride and fixed it, or got a tow truck. But it's like our car, I don't know if they marked it, urinated on it. They knew where we were, like, a few times. And uh, I'd say if the last time together, we've seen one. But it's just before winter. And, uh, see, we were driving these roads, like, trying to contemplate if what we seen was real. And she was like, okay, my wife, let's see one. If, 
2015 think that's what we saw. And what's doing that to us? Trying to kill us. Let's see what. Exactly when she said that, there was one in the middle of the road um, eating, um, I'm not sure what it was, with hands and claws holding it like we would. Eating some kind of, what, raccoon or something? Something. Something. And I was like, there you go. There it is. Let's turn around. Let's go. Go and see it. You know, I was like, we got to record this, you know. And she just, she kind of came to her senses. She's like, yes, they're real. Let's go. We got to get the hell out of here. But it's either fight or flight with these things. And it's, if you try to fight, you're not going to live. Yeah, definitely. It's smarter to fly flight. I'm a flight. I flight. I flighted. So yeah. that's what we did. And I mean, there's, there's other things that have happened. She ended up in the ditch um, for no reason. One minute she's driving, one minute she's knocked out in the ditch in a big culvert. And that was right after that, the flat tires thing, where they tried to get us to get out of the car. Once you see these things, they try to keep their secret. They try to get rid of any evidence of them. And that's how they survived, I guess. So uh, the next time I seen them, I was with a friend, about a, I'd actually say about a week later. We were driving this area by uptown. It's a really, really, uh, it's almost by Canada. It's this little tiny bar. What is it called? Uh, uh, I don't know what the bar is called, but it was a very... We live in a very rural area. That's a very, very rural area. There's probably about 100 people, like, people living in Upham. Yes, only a few people, yes. And a whole... Oh, man. We were driving. I noticed this uh, thing, eyes on the side of my friend's. Uh, door and um, I looked on my side and there was one on the side of me too and every time the uh, red lights from the uh, turbines from the uh, wind farm would light up their eyes would light up and they were light, lighting up like greenish and keeping up with the car at 55 miles an hour so I was like Dude, there's something. Look, look on the side. Of you. There's something on the side. Of you. And then he looked. He seen it. We stopped. He just like totally jammed on the brakes. And once like the dust starts settling, these things just turned their bodies, pivoted like, like in a drop of it's like a cheetah, like a drop of the diamonds like turned, and they were right on us. And like the lights did not even get up to their heads. It only hit their, like, the breast of their chest. And there's two of them there. And I assume there's a few in the back of us because my friend tried to run one over. The one on his side, he, he just, like, kicked it right towards it. Even though he was, like, hollering from, don't, don't, just stop, stop. I was, like, trying to stop him. And he went into the ditch in pretty far, tried to get this thing. And we almost got stuck, so he stops. 
And then that's when he realized what the hell that was. Because they started circling the car. And uh, he just like flipped out and went into, I don't know what the hell happened. He was like, he went to, he put his head down, put it reverse, and just looked at his reverse um, screen and just kept driving in reverse for like a mile. And as we're driving, you know, we just got, got out of there. Uh, I seen that deer that these things were chasing. It was staying in the light of our headlights. It would go from side, one side of the ditch to the other. And I seen why, because these things were on each side of the road, staying out of the light. And then it darted across the street or across the road. And what it did, this thing jumped over the road, like out, almost completely out of our headlights, over into the other side of the ditch after the deer. And that's when I got a good look at exactly what it was. It was like, I just looked up from the windshield and we were driving in first. So this thing just totally jumped over the car. When this, when this happened to you guys, like, was this all like near the reservation or was it on the reservation or, or what was it? Um, some of it was on the reservation or, um, uh, west. Near the reservation, maybe about 20 miles. Yeah. And about 20 miles north. Yeah. Northeast. Kind of close to the border of Canada. <laughs> and when these things give chase, uh, are they on, Two legs or, or four? Four legs, yes. Four legs, and um, like I said, the uh, first few times I've seen them, they, they didn't have uh, paws or bare claws. Or, you know, the front, front was definitely hands with claws. And that's what kind of tripped me out because I was like, what the hell here? This is too much. In one year, like every time we went out driving, it seems like we, you know, and maybe it was that time of month, who knows, but that's uh, around the time that we, I sent you pictures of that too, uh, like later we seen these um, orbs or portals or whatever they were, and um, those were weird. It almost looked like things were coming out of them. So, and it was during ceremonies. It was during... Um, one was during my sister's, um, when she died, we had a fire for seven days. And uh, on our seventh day, we, me and my, just me and my wife were there at the end. And after the drummers all left, the, these things showed up at the spirit fire. So there, there was a lot more than just dogmen. It was them, those things too. And um, in the same time, I was reporting all this to uh, the NA North American Dogman Project and uh, almost begging for help for for them to send somebody to uh, to try to get rid of these things. It was getting dangerous. Uh, I I didn't know what the hell else to do. You can't tell you can't tell the police. You can't tell uh, people. They'll think you're crazy. So. Uh, I, I told, I was like begging for them to come help. And all they would do is like 
oh yeah, well, there's some uh, things to do, you know, just stay out of their area and whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. After after all that, we we tried to after, especially after she ended up in the ditch and it totaled our car. We didn't have a car to drive around, uh, you know, to go drive do our night drives where we came in contact with these things. One of them showed up at the house and was trying to bait uh, our dog to come out of its hiding spot. The wife heard growling, and I, uh, I was like, all right, well, I didn't think they would come to the house. I didn't think it was anything. I thought it was another dog, maybe a pit bull. Or, there's a lot of pit bulls in our town. I thought it was a pit bull maybe messing with our dog. And ours was a big dog. His name was Sabe, and he was a big guy. He was a big pit bull, uh, part pit bull part. What is English it? bulldog. English bulldog, yes. And lovable guy. Oh my God! And I go out there, and he's hiding under the under the um, picnic table. And I'm like, "What the hell is this guy scared of?" You know. Uh, so I let him off the chain. And he's just staring at our back, our back um, tree, the tree in the backyard, the ones I sent you pictures of. And uh, I let him off the chain, and he ran right into the house. He ran away from whatever that was in the tree. And as soon as he did that, I heard, not even heard, I felt something hit the ground from, I'd say, 50, 60 feet away. I felt that. I you know, just hit like something really powerful on the ground. And uh, holy shit. I, I smoked a cigarette. I took a big puff. And it was so dark in the back that that little bit of light just kind of illuminated its eyes. So I could see it just trying to creep up on me from there. And I just hold as loud as I could for Sabe. I'll just hold like, oh, as, as loud as I could. And when I hollered Sabe, it jumped into the tree and just, just tore like a big chunk out of it uh, with its claws. Just, I could hear the tree getting ripped apart. And I just, I walked fast as I could, not ran. I just like, you know, as fast as I could walk, into the house, and I told the wife, I was like, where's your gun? There's something in that tree right there. Uh, that's why he's hiding under the table. And she was tired. She was like, uh, she believed me. So I was just, with all the stuff that's been happening, that I was making something up, you know, to, for fun. Uh, yeah, and there was a, it had to have been a dog that just, that followed us home. From all the nights that we uh, been looking for it after, you know, after our encounter, we just kept every weekend we'd go look in those areas you know, for any evidence or anything, and it's followed us home. So that night, my son seen when I was walking into the house really fast, he saw it trying to creep up on me, and he also saw it when I was gone out looking for it. Uh, looking in the window at him. So every night now, he has to keep our shades closed 
all the windows shut. He makes sure every night to close every one of them. And uh, it's, it's been, uh, now it was just me before that I put in danger or some, sometimes my friends were out hunting. But now it's my family and I, I didn't know what to do. Nobody could help in this situation for real. You just have to learn as much as you can so you can keep yourself safe from them. Right. I don't think there's much that can really be done because there have been accounts of people using firearms against these creatures and they don't really seem to do much. No, they have really thick hides. Yeah, it looks like dirt or something comes flying off of them. Yeah, or vapor. Some people, yeah, vapor. They've described it as a mist, green or black. They've also described it as gunpowder looking. Mm-hmm. Or even black ooze is coming out. Coming can, you, out. can you imagine where these things live, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they must, their, their skin must be like a rhino's, you know, just thick from living, you know, in these conditions. Yeah. And in your opinion, do you think that there's something uh, completely flesh and blood, or is there a metaphysical aspect to them at all? I mean, what do you think? I think um, this this species, this uh, dog man, this rubberu. I think, on my opinion, they're flesh and blood. But there is also the Wendigo that my people believe in, and which I think is very dangerous. It's it's a demon that. The things you're talking about, that's what my people believe it is. And I think the dogmen and the Wendigo get confused because um, because of the skinwalker nature of the Wendigo. But I think this uh, dogman or werewolf has been around for a long time. And uh, everybody's had to live with them. Do you think that they come from the inner earth, like within the cave systems? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's exactly. It's, there's no other way. Uh, they could just disappear. And, um, you know, we think it's, you know, like magical or whatever. They, they disappear, but it's, if, geez, if you lived underneath the world that the humans lived in and the government was always lying to, you know, that didn't believe in you. It's pretty easy to hide out. And in, and in your opinion, like these ones that, that uh, you've had encounters with, I mean, do you have? let me ask you another question. Let's ask this question. The Bureau of Indian Affairs, have they been involved at all? Have you called them or told them anything about this or local law enforcement even when you're outside of the res? Has anybody been involved? They view it as an um, animal matter, and they already know about them. And they don't do it, so there's nothing they can do, that they're not really doing anything to help. No, I'm pretty sure they're too scared to do anything about them. Wow. Have you had any skinwalker encounters out there on, on the res, like, or near the reservation? Anything like that where you can say, not definitively, I know that's not possible, but, I mean, like, you can say that I think that this is uh, a skinwalker or something, you know, or even a Wendigo or something that you can say to compare, you know, these compare these different encounters? Oh. The wife has. She said she uh, seen something like a giant beaver one time. Yeah. And I was like, well, a giant beaver? Well, that could have been just a giant beaver. And she's like, no, 
We're talking about a beaver bigger than a. Well, I was in a probably a like the size of a Pontiac Sunfire, and this beaver. I was on my way to a friend's house. I was with another friend, and we were on a back road, and this big giant beaver, a, a shape a shape of a beaver, we'll say, because it had a big body and it had a big tail, like a beaver tail, walked across the road, and we. We were stopped and we watched it. And we were, I was like, did you see that? And she saw it also. Let me ask you, I have a friend of mine who saw something kind of similar to that. And uh, he's Lakota. And he told me that one time when he was walking to school and it was the reservation, you know, of course, and he was walking and, and he, it was cold and snowy and him and his best friend and his younger sister we're walking together and they saw I was there walking home from school, I'm sorry, and it got it gets dark early in the wintertime, you know. And up there where they're at in the plains, it was it was pretty it was pretty cold. And when they were walking, they see this this buffalo that looked like it came out of nowhere. And there weren't like a lot of buffalo just around where they were at either. And they said it just came out of nowhere and just like ran out in front of them and then slowed down and then just kept going and it was dark. It was like six, almost uh, five thirty, six o'clock at night in the middle of winter, so it was already getting dark. But they, but they could easily they could see what it was. Like it was clear as day. It was a buffalo, and 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 maybe it would have been like oh you know it was just a wild animal just running through or whatever. But uh, I don't think it was because it disappeared. <laughs> so it got like several feet from them and then it disappeared. And then he went back and told his dad, and his dad said, "Well, you know, your great uncle was a medicine man, and you know." We can ask him what he thinks of that. And when he asked him what he thought of that, he said it was like an omen. Um, not a bad thing, um, but it could be it could be good or bad, according to what he said. But uh, he don't remember anything happening based on that. I mean, that's, you know. I have I have a question for you, though, Craig. When, when we had talked before, you had told me, I, I, I think I remember you saying something about seeing bir- a bird-like entity or something at one point. Yeah, that, that was like recently. Um, the, the other ones were a few years ago. Uh, recently, it was like, I don't know how to explain it, but just a huge, huge owl looking thing. And, uh, it didn't have wings, uh, it, but it jumped, uh, like it could fly. I'd say like, it kind of looked like the Incredible Hulk, like it just jumped off the road. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Uh, I didn't see any wings on it, and, but it looked like it had like feathers on on it. I, I don't know if you've seen the new Dungeons and Dragons, right? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, uh, this this uh, skinwalker on there turns into this bird-like creature, and it looked just like that. Like this skinwalker thing didn't quite get the owl down or something before. We could see it because the you know the headlights were on it, and it just jumps as it's like look like changing form as it's jumping, like you know. So this white thing is what we've been seeing lately, and uh, yeah, my son. We went to a physical. Was that last month? Yep. Uh, he joined soccer, and. Uh, my son's autistic. He doesn't really join too many sports, and uh, this is his first sport. Uh, we 
we're going through the physical and part of the physical is they ask him questions, you know, of any, if he has any concerns with anything. You know, they want to know his mental welfare. He tells them that uh, the only thing he's worried about is the windows being open because recently something, this summer, something tried to grab him uh, through the window that I had opened to get to his bedroom. Um, oh, white hand. The hand was pure white. And uh, he said it came up through the window and tried to grab him. So it, it was pretty good what we were seeing. I don't know. But the, the part of town we live is like, geez, right on the edge of North America. Right on the edge. And who knows what the hell's been what what's been coming through our area through these portals? Oh, you think they they coming from portals? Uh, well, some of these things I think they have been, yeah. Because I mean, what what else are these things? What else are they there for? I mean, the, as soon as we see the we see the portals, then we see the dogmen. They're like they 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 go together. They've been going together actually, but. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it, it's just it, that's what ha- has been happening. Have you guys like? And, and uh, you, you had said something. I mean, are, are, are we still? Uh, we can get back to the timeline and go back and keep moving along. But uh, have you guys, uh, in, in, you know, in, in your early time, like you know, when you were younger or years ago or whatever, have you had any experiences with ghosts or anything like that, like ghostly phenomena? I've seen one, but. Uh, it didn't bother me. It was a like a little kid was jumping on her bed, and I just figured I'll, I'll let it. I'll leave it alone. You know, that was about it. That was when I was about uh, seventeen or so. What did this little kid look like? That, that's that's disturbing. Yeah, that's weird. And like a like a little like a dress with like a bowl right here, like by the neck, and. Uh, I don't know. It looked like a like a school outfit or something. I don't know. And uh, well, we, we found out a long time after that uh, some little kid had fallen into that foundation and died. Oh no! Yeah, and that was way way after uh, we we had grown up. So when you saw it once, it, it 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 never it never returned. No, it it was always there. It it uh, used to mess with my uncle's uh, model cars and things, like playing with them, and she would blame us for it. I mean, I'd be like, no, we weren't even down your road, uh, you know. So this thing was there for a long time, like trapped in that area. That definitely puts you all between a rock and a hard place because. You know, your uncle's not going to believe that uh, that it's a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm not buying yeah. that. Nice try. Yep. <laughs> well, we didn't know either until that night. You know, we seen it run across the room and then we hear it jumping on our beds. <sighs> like, it didn't want us to go down there. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it was happy to see us. I don't know. But anyway, that's that was the ghost encounter anyway. When you saw jumping on the bed, was your res- response just to walk away and? Well, 
we ran up the steps as fast as we could. It was in the basement. And, uh, and you know, where this thing had probably died, you know, in the basement, probably right where our bedroom was. And uh, my uncle's bedroom was before that. So, uh, yeah, we, we ran up the steps and we slept upstairs that night. Uh, we got a priest to come over and bless the place. And uh, after that, we didn't hear things. I think she was trapped there until the priest maybe helped her. I don't know. At least that encounter has a happy ending for everyone. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Sometimes people will have their houses blessed and it it seems like it'll it'll go away for a little while, but then it'll it'll return. And it just I, I feel very sorry for people in that predicament because, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah. If not bless your house. Now, ghosts are one thing, but like demons like the Wendigo are are way different and I'm I know they're I know they're here in this oh, yeah. area. It's just there it's just so easy to take over uh, a lot of our people because the, a lot of uh, my people are out of work. They're they're I don't know. It seems like they're broken and it's easy for these it's easy for these animals to, or this demon to take them. Oh, yeah. I think they target people who are emotionally vulnerable, uh, downtrodden in life, and latch on to those negative emotions like despair, you know, sadness, anger, and then use them as an energy source and turn people into a sort of battery to power themselves. Yeah, when people turn to drinking and doing drugs, too, that's like yep. an easy end for them. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yes. And I think that's one thing that our tribe has been secretly battling against is this demon. And, uh, you know, not just this demon, it's, 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 a, it's the government too, you know, just uh, putting us in the worst areas, uh, in the swamplands with these creatures. So we've, we're still living, we're still here, and after all my encounters, I'm, I'm, I know what to do. If I, you know, I'm coming, you're coming close to these things. There's, there's barely any chance of survival if you don't try to get away. Have there been people that have reported being attacked by these things, like like full on attack, like to you personally, reported to you? Not people, just their animals. So you think that they have a, a, a type of intelligence that tells them, hey, they should be very careful about attacking people? Or do you think that there's just opportunities there? They take the animals because they're easier to take? I think they have a very high intelligence, uh, the kind of intelligence of Jack the Ripper, uh, where they don't leave any evidence. If they do, they could either get... Uh, killed from their own uh, pack or just drove out. It's one of their codes. The code of silence is the way they keep themselves alive. Right, to minimize the risk of exposure and anyone who yes. compromises the pack and is becomes a liability. Yes. So if anybody's seen you, you got to take them out. And it has to look like an accident. Usually a car accident something like that. 
when people go missing in the wilderness, we're going to look for them. Oh, yeah. When it's a car accident, it's done and over. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of car accidents. So you think that these uh, dogman creatures are involved in causing these car accidents? Is, it, is, is, that, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. And, and it, it wouldn't be very difficult to, to cause a car accident when you're a, a giant monster in the, in the road. Yes. And then when we stopped going out on our drives, mm-hmm. where they would have a chance, they came to our house. Yeah, and I think that the people who have suffered attacks by these things, the reason that a lot of attacks don't go reported is because these very people have not lived to tell the tale. And if these creatures utilize underground cave systems as, as their shelter and, and their, their living spaces or their hiding spaces, then you know, maybe that's where the remains of their, of their human victims are at, too. Yes. And, and some of them... Um I don't know if you've seen any movie, uh, like the Predator movie, the newest one, uh, where it's using the trees to get away from the uh, fur trappers before it's after it sets its bomb. That's how I believe they use the trees to not leave any trace of, you know, no tracks except for up in the trees. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you think as like a human who wanders through the forest, like how, how much you actually look up and actually look into the trees. A normal person really doesn't do that as much. So if you're trying to avoid detection, being above people is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And they have and like the natural aptitude to do it. So. In a, in a, in a wooded area. Yes. And I don't know. Uh, you were talking about the, the uh, supernatural uh, aspect of them. But it, it just seems like every time um, they come around, there's a fog or a mist or something that would help conceal them. Yeah, we hear that quite a bit, too. It's, and sometimes we've heard that it's like coming off of their body as well. Like it's not like it's around that it's like actually emanating from them, which, you know, maybe it's something they produce. Who knows? Yeah, I think the combination of utilizing trees, underground cave systems, and portals are, are three things that, that can explain the, the lack of physical evidence of, of these creatures in terms of tracks, fur, things like that. And uh, like one of my theories is that is that the reason... One of the reasons that that these uh, dogman creatures will utilize cave systems is, in addition to avoiding detection and hiding, is that uh, there might be atmospheric conditions within these cave systems, especially considering that the some of them have like very large quartz crystal deposits um, that are conducive to to like manifesting these these portals out of which they've they come sometimes. This uh, area that uh, I was talking about earlier, um, Mystic Horizons, uh, it, it does have some kind of geological um, uh, feature to it. It's it's like a, a giant time clock uh, that has to do with the seasons and, uh, and um, the plants and all that thing. And that's where they had, before we seen the dogmen, they had some kind of animal mutilations there. 
like a ritual. A ritual, and it, it was in the news, and it, it was in that area, and it was like, why would people do that? And then, you know, we all, everybody just think, oh, kid, that's just kids messing around, you know. But, well, that's a lot of news. But these parts of North Dakota uh, do have devil worshippers. Um, they're uh, um, all the way into South Dakota. Uh, wherever, whatever towns you see that don't have a white church in their town, that's pretty much a devil worshiping town. Because every other town in North Dakota has uh, either one or two at uh, the, where you come into town and where you leave town, a white church. So, yeah, that's one thing we noticed um, as I started piecing all these things, these coincidences together, that it just was so weird that we, it was too weird. Like just seeing a, a, a werewolf for a dog, man, was weird enough. Yeah. But all the, the other things were just like too much. I mean, we're, me and my wife are in counseling right now because there is parts of, after these encounters, or we didn't get along too well. We didn't know what to to believe or what to do for a while. And there's no way uh, my wife's going to tell anybody about this because she's a teacher. It'll, it'll definitely um, affect her Yeah. Yes. And um, yeah, so it's, it's it was really difficult. A really difficult part of our life after these encounters. Where it was okay, it was it was incredible to see them, but now these things are trying to kill us and they're ruining our life. So we just wanted help. I, I did. She wanted nothing to do with it. So if anything happens in the future, do not tell me. Um, keep it, you know, keep it away, you know, away from us. And it's uh, yeah. So I don't know um, what to tell you guys because we lived in fear for a little while and I guess uh, there's really nothing you could do but just try your best to stay safe from them if you're going to be in their area if you're going to be hunting in their area or just driving around in their area but I'm telling you if they wanted to kill us they could they'd kill us all in our sleep just town by town with the numbers, I'm pretty sure they have underground and in the inner earth. Um, I'm pretty sure we would. There must be something the government has, some kind of weapons, uh, because they've known about them. Oh, yeah. And I think some of them are actually, I mean, see, when it comes to the nature of these, these dogmen and werewolf creatures, I, I believe that there are different kinds, there are different types, and... I think some of them really are like some kind of government uh, created chimera and they might consider that that creature like one of their assets. You know, it, it might be something that it might be government property, you know? Yeah. Oh, either, in, either they made it like to copy or they made it to, to like to uh, improve upon it or just make use of it. But I think there's no way that the government wouldn't have taken a look at these creatures and, try to make use of them somehow. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think they started out as something underground or 
some sort of like, you know, I, I don't know, it could be anything, biblical, Nephilim, if some people call them that. Oh, it yeah. could be something that was alien to our world, but they they use them for sure. I mean, they, they, they've taken them and probably weaponized them. Do you guys have any encounters with like rake type creatures, the, the white pale crawlers that you could tell us about? I've I've heard a story of of something like that, but the what? Uh, these white pale creatures that uh, they're kind of like skinwalkers. Yeah, they're very weird looking. They're just <clears throat> usually entirely pale with no nose, uh, weird, Maybe really it's weird too eyes. Cold up here. It might yeah. be too cold up here for that. Yeah, I'm not. We haven't had too many of those. We have, we have the. We have little people, I guess. They people say. I don't know if uh, I I haven't had any encounters with them, but I guess we have those around. Do you know anyone who has? Or like well, so little people like they um they're according to I won't say religion or culture. We'll say they don't do a whole lot. They sometimes steal things that they want. They're kind of like um ferrets. They still shiny things like I've <laughs> I've gone without um like my keys, my car keys. Like little people still things like car keys and it goes to stop things from terrible like terrible things from happening to you. Like I've I've missed like my car keys have gone missing and then terrible accidents have happened in the area that I was gonna go to. Wow. Um, oh, so like they're preventative measure to where like they minorly they inconvenience you. They could be. It's in, it's a minor inconvenience, but like they just like they're little jokesters. Um, mischievous. They, mischievous, yes. But that goes along with like a lot of our culture. Like a lot of our culture, like, we we're jokesters, and we um, you know, a lot of our I, I guess a yeah. lot of our stuff has to do with joking and mischievous acts, and you know, he talks about the. Um, a lot of it has to do with things that you're doing at nighttime that you're not supposed to. Like parents talk about it to scare you um, from doing these things. But if you talk to these parents, like I could talk to my mom and she'll tell you about certain situations where she's seen um, a rugaroo or little people. And I know from my own situations where I've missed my keys and crappy things have happened because of it. And I'm very fortunate that that happened, you know, like it's, it's folklore, but it's real. Uh, what, what happened to your mom? What was the encounter that you said um, that she had? Well, so, so we talked about the Ruggeroo, right? Mm -hmm. And the Ruggeroo has a lot to do with, um, dog men in our area, um, where, and it kind of happens a lot between Lent, like the people around here, things, this, like these situations happen between this part of year. Yeah. Lent. Between Lent, um, Which where if they are, season. if where the, where they're behaving, you know, they're misbehaving, um, for, well, I don't want to tell her story cause that's her story, but she was misbehaving and she saw Ruggeroo and she went home because she saw the Ruggeroo and she was okay. Yeah, we have some folklore in, in the Mexican culture that's kind of similar in, in terms of the, the things that you see when you're out and about doing things that you're not supposed to do. Uh, like, for example, we have the lechuza, which is kind of like a harpy. Uh, we have 
La Llorona, which means like the crying lady. We have the black dog, which is called the Cadejo. And uh, I, I actually myself, when I was a, a teenager, hanging out with other teenagers out and about doing things that we weren't supposed to do, which are not family friendly to talk about on the show. But I actually heard what I believe was was La Llorona. It was the crying lady because when you when you hear her, she you're usually by like a, a body of water, and and you just you hear a woman crying like in the middle of the night in in the middle of nowhere, and we were very much in the middle of the uh, in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night, doing things that we weren't supposed to be doing, and we all lied to our parents about where we where we were at and and what we were doing, and and uh, suffice it to say that hearing that woman crying by the pond that we were at uh that pretty much ended our night and we all just we all just went home right so if you think about things like when it comes to terms like folklore right like all of these like our parents tell us all of these stories about things that are supposed to scare us and put us to bed and then we go out and we experience them it's because we're supposed to be in bed so when me and Craig are out and we're doing our night cruises and we're looking for things, and like me, I get a little bit uh, bucky, I'll say. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, show if me I, this. Yeah, if I tell her not to go into this area, because we've definitely seen these things in this area. I'll, I'll do it. To, she'll do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I do it, because that's... I, and, oh, man, and my anxiety just goes up, and I'm just on high alert, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go again, you know, and we're going to see one again, and uh, right away, I, I'm, I got my phone and I'm ready to start recording things. But it's like when you see these things, it's, it happens so fast. You don't you even just, know. You just don't have time to just grab your phone. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a shock factor to it as well. And that's all the time we have for this Thursday episode with Craig and Jennifer Breen. Thank you to our guests. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you tomorrow night on the live stream and we'll see you Sunday night live. Don't miss them. It's going to be great like it always is. But for now, good night.